0: So yesterday, um, if you, you'll kind of do a, a semi-circle right up here, and here's another microphone, uh, we're we're going to uh, talk about yesterday and in the, in the one race Stone Mountain event that would that happened, um, and it was incredible. Let me just start with uh, how amazing it was. This first picture I, I think is of the Kit and I were there a little bit. We we were early, um, so we. This is our millennial ascent in the tram. <laughs> uh, so that's what it looked like uh, at, I don't know what time that was, probably 9 o'clock in the morning or, or so. Uh, no, it was probably more like 8.45, and it's going to begin to look markedly different as the day wears on. Um, so we were headed up to the top of Stone Mountain uh, on, on our side, and uh, on the other side, Andy, what's the... Uh, this is kind of a core scripture for us. We've been, you've heard it here now for several weeks in a row. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their lands. And uh, the sin of racism has been prevalent throughout uh, our world. Um, it's not just a southern thing, and it's not just a United States thing. It has been around throughout history, and we are standing against that. Um, we are—it's not okay anymore—and so uh, you're going to see throughout the day that that we recognize this passage of scripture is critical to the movement that th- uh, the One Race Movement. That it begins with prayer. We've been praying and, and fasting uh, 40 days leading into this, but but been in prayer for literally you know years in moving in this movement and moving forward. And, and prayer—it was critical component all throughout yesterday as well. Um, so so we were up at the top and then uh, off, off to the side, and Patty needs a microphone because of those of us who are here, um, uh, she's the only one who actually walked up the mountain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so the millennial ascent, uh, Patty is our resident millennial, and um, <laughs> so I will let her kind of jump in on this. This first, first slide, though, is, was before they headed up the hill, so okay.
1: Okay. So it was amazing, and so we all gathered at the bottom of the hill at 8.30, and it was incredible. I knew this event had been planned for so long, but I just did not, I couldn't comprehend the magnitude of it until I was in the middle of it. And just all these people, and millennials get a bad rap, and to see them, just hundreds and hundreds just there, and all they wanted to do was praise God. God and come together and it was it was incredible.
0: Um, We were expecting a thousand we ended up with three thousand on the millennial ascent.
1: That's great and I did try to pass off as a millennial and I was was slightly crushed that I wasn't considered one by anybody (laughs) and even at one point they said if you know they wanted us to join into little prayer groups and they said you know, for the millennials to go find a parent figure. (laughs) 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 These groups came rushing toward me. And I was like, like, what? So, but it was great. And the hike up the mountain was great. And they were just waving flags. And they had banners and signs and singing (laughs) praise songs all the way up. It was incredible to be a part of it.
0: So, this is at the top of the hill. this is where uh, we were beginning to gather. Uh, there's a video on Facebook where we went over to the we we filmed the the group coming up, and we actually got there right as Patty and Teresa were were cresting the hill um, and it was inc- It was just incredible because it's like I figured you know ha- we'd seen some folks come up that it would be a few minutes, and everybody would be up there, and they just kept coming and it was just amazing It's fifteen minutes of these packs coming up the hill, it was incredible. Uh, once they got up there, this was the repentance service. This is where we, as a group, as pastors, as uh, believers, we repented from the sin of racism and the sin of anti-Semitism and, and let this go. We, we, you know, if, if you're going to seek reconciliation, you have to turn from what has been, and that's repent, which just means to turn from. So we turned from that so that we could move forward. Um, this is what it looks like, kind of from behind uh, the the platform. This this was when we were. This is actually. Uh, is, I think this one is from the right side. Uh, there's a, no. That's from my. That's that's from the platform looking out. This is what it looked like. This is a group of millennials, adults, white, black, brown, every race. It was incredible. There were several <laughs> folks. Um, it was it really what was great. One of the great things for, for me was there were folks who just go to Stone Mountain, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't know. I got stopped multiple times. I don't know what it, what, whether I have a sign on my forehead that says, Ask him. Um, but it's <laughs> like, what is going on around here? So I got to share with folks about the kingdom focus that I can only imagine focus of one race because it's all about the kingdom. When we get to heaven, Around the throne of God, it's not going to matter what you look like. It's not going to matter what class or race or status. You're, you know, we're, we're going to be worshiping our Savior and our God, and, and you know, this this is a taste of that, and it was so powerful. But so then we, oh, then we came down the mountain, um, and I think this is when Corey and Christy and and several others uh, arrived for the communion service. But I wanted to show you this video. I know some of you have seen it. Um, but this is a video of Excellent Will, Ford, and No one and compares Lockett. to the
2: stories that God tells, and, and we find ourselves caught up in one of those stories. Uh, in my family, I have this 200-year-old kettle pot that was used by my slave forefathers. They used it for cooking, but secretly, they used it for prayer. They used this kettle pot to muffle their voices so that the slave master wouldn't beat them if he heard them praying, because he did not want them praying for freedom. And so, we've been friends for, 12 years. Been friends all this time. Well, fast forward, he finds out something crazy. The Civil War actually ended in his family's front yard. Then we find out that uh, through all this research, that Matt's family is the family that owned my family where that kettle pot came from. So picture this. Here's my family. They're praying for the ending of slavery. And then all the way up at the farmhouse of the people who used to own them, slavery comes to an end in their front yard. God takes two people from the same family lines, connects them together to war against injustice in day, and to cry out for awakening in their time. The more I uh, researched on my family line, what I found out is one of my ancestors, a man named Daniel Lockett, became a circuit rider. The circuit riders were abolitionists. And so that's part of my, my family legacy, too, is ancestors who were fighting for the slavery. So the powerful thing, you hear this story, you think this, You know, you have generational curses and you have generational blessings. We have these dominating things in both of our family lives. And what God is shouting to America is this right now. What storyline do you want to be a part of? The healing or the hurt? The blessing or the curse? What storyline are we going to be a part of?
0: And this is a picture of Matthew and Will as they led 15,000 people in communion after telling that story. But I'll let you guys jump in.
3: Uh, this was the most impactful part of my day, um, hearing that story. That was the um, short version. Mm-hmm. There were so many details in that story. What's his first name? Lockett. Matthew. Matthew Lockett. Um, he had begun to dig deeper into uh, his heritage and family line, and he had discovered so many details along the way and one of them was that the last battle of the civil war happened in his family front yard and then he did find out that other guy's name
0: Uh, will will Will, sorry Uh,
3: (laughs) will um his family was the family that was praying into the kettle pot and so it started with a prayer one prayer for freedom um And I imagine that when the Civil War ended, that was just the beginning. But when they had prayed for freedom, the freedom that they got was not the freedom that they had prayed for. It started with a prayer. That moment of communion was not just planned by God recently. Mm -hmm. That moment was planned the moment that that prayer was made. Mm -hmm. Sorry the statements that they made was what if Martin Luther King didn't have a dream what if he had a prophecy mm-hmm. and i fully believe that because that is what we encountered was a prophecy of two men on the mountain uniting together in brotherhood and to take communion with all of these people was the most impactful moment that I have ever been a part of
0: Thanks. and the Martin Luther King I have a dream speech he said that he was looking I have a dream that the sons of former slave owners and the sons of former slaves will come together at the table of brotherhood and it's what Corey is pointing out and I think they did as well is that it wasn't just a dream it was a prophetic word because it happened yesterday at Stone Mountain literally sons of former slave owners and slums of former slaves.
4: I felt like um, I was could have been standing any place on the earth yesterday. <laughs> the diversity of people was <laughs> unbelievable. The languages, the ages from pregnant ladies to zero months old <laughs> to 100 years old to The ethnicities, the. I literally could have been standing in Europe or Asia or Africa or Stone Mountain Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was absolutely the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed. The peace that came over me was just incredible because we were there for one reason, Mm -hmm. one reason only. And to unite with so many people and partake in communion, that was very, very overwhelming. It was such a blessing to be able to share that with everyone at one time.
0: Oh, share the cup. I hear that was a new experience for you. Oh,
4: yes, the (laughs) cup was a very new experience for me. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm raised Methodist and went to Baptist for a little while and then went to Methodist and, you know, back and forth and um so they pass out in these buckets the little communion cup and it's very nice and compact and all together and you know it has a little pull tab on the top and everything and so i get there and i get one from one of the volunteers and i'm like thank you thank you thank you so i walk around and i'm like okay i gotta find the volunteer that has the cracker all right who has? The, <laughs> where's the bread who's the one that's got the bread i've got the i've got the cup but where's the bread so i go I'm looking, I'll ask this lady, okay, I've got this one, but, but where's the bread? And she goes, oh, I don't know where you get that one. I'm like, okay. So I go around <laughs> and I keep trying to find a volunteer. I find, you know, all the one race volunteers have these blue shirts on. I'm like, oh, there's another one. So I go and find her and I said, so I've got this one, but where's the bread? And she goes, uh, it's in the top of the cup, honey. And I said, <laughs> what, where? She said, right there. The top of the cup had another little layer that you pulled the tab on that and there was your little bitty tiny <laughs> bread for the communion. So I made it in time and got, you know, got everything that I needed <laughs> for um, for communion. It was it was
3: a, a joyous moment. Mm-hmm. Lane said it wasn't bread, it was a piece of styrofoam. Yeah, Lane, <laughs> Lane said it
4: was styrofoam.
0: <laughs>
5: okay. So yesterday was a life-altering event for anybody who went. We all know that this state has its history with its Civil War. This state has always been very unique in my heart to many of the other Southern states because we are the center of the South. Georgia has historically been the center of the South and that goes back to the railway um, lines that would all end here and they made a very big to that yesterday with the word terminus, which terminus means dead end, if I'm correct, or similar to that. And they wanted that word to be reversed for Georgia. That Georgia was no longer dead end for dead religion and that it was the seat of racism, that we would take down these two historic things that have haunted our past for generations. And it was amazing to me yesterday to be able to stand there in, at Stone Mountain and see hundreds upon hundreds, thousands on thousands of different races, different churches. Yesterday, to me, was a tiny sliver of what heaven is gonna look like for all of us because it didn't matter your color yesterday. It didn't matter your denomination. We were all there for one main purpose, and that purpose was praising our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, praising him for have risen from the grave, praising God and the Holy Spirit. And it did not matter where you came from. It did not matter your family's history or national origin or background in the church. That right there was the kingdom of God on this planet in Georgia. And that right there can be the future Not only of this church, not only of this state, not only of this nation, but of this world. It is said in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That right there was living that part of the Lord's Prayer. And it don't matter, like I said, where you came from. That right there. That was a tiny sliver of heaven. That is what we have to look forward to, all of y'all. That is what our eternity is gonna be, except it won't be around a music stage. It's gonna be around the throne of God with Jesus sit sat at his right hand. And that right there gives me so much hope for my future and for all of our futures. We have a chance now. From this moment, from this movement, we have a chance. To move against the evils of this world, the evils of racism, of anti-Semitism, of dead religion. We have a chance to move against this. Yesterday, it was 15,000. Next time, 150,000. Next time, and after that, 15 million. We have a mission. We've been given it. This is the starting point, and we have to continue.
6: Preach it, brother. got <laughs> will preach, as they say. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to throw in there that, um, you know, we're, we're off the mountain at this point, but on top of the mountain was the most moving part for me. I don't know <coughs> why this struck me so much, but it was about reconciliation. And as a peacemaker, a trained peacemaker, as a mediator, um, the first thing in, in bringing peace to any situation is to look at your side of the street first. Clean up your side of the street. We saw earlier in a scripture on the screen this morning about make sure the inside of the bowl is clean before the outside is, and so that's the church on top of the mountain asking for forgiveness, repenting of their sins, and and it's just so important to me. And I think one of the, you've seen kind of Mike's excitement over this movement, and maybe wondered what is it about this that Mike gets so jazzed about. And I think it's because it reenacts the Acts Church, you know, the original Church of Jesus Christ. And so for us, that's super exciting to see the church as a whole. It didn't matter what church, what denomination. And I will tell you, there was Jewish people up there, too, Mm -hmm. who we repented from, because the spirit of racism is the same spirit of Mm anti-Semitism. And and so there was repentance regarding that. There were people giving testimony from the, is it the Everett? Charleston is it the average whatever the church was where the bible study was you know massacred because Dilla, they were oh, yeah. oh. in Charleston there was the son uh, and the daughter of a woman whose parent was killed in that bible study who was <laughs> forgiving and had forgiven the shooter and had visited the shooter in jail and had talked to him about Jesus Christ you know and that's what the church is and and it just was a beautiful picture of the Church of Jesus Christ, and so we love that about
7: it. One of the things that touched me so much was there was just so much love there Mm -hmm. between everybody. I mean, it it was truly one race. I mean, everybody was the same, and everybody was there together for one reason. And, you know, when we first came in, it wasn't even time for it to start yet, but they were praying, and so we had to stop and wait to set our stuff up, and they kept praying. (laughs) Then they kept praying, (laughs) and then they prayed some more, and we finally just had to go ahead and set our stuff up, and— Played a little bit of music and a few people told a couple stories and then they were praying again and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and everybody prayed and we prayed and we all prayed together and it was just all these thousands of people there together just praying and it just, it it just to be part of all of that prayer that's just lifting up to, to God, it just, it was amazing and at one point they told us, touch somebody next to you and pray with them and of course I touch Hannah and then they said somebody that doesn't look like you. So <laughs> a lady and I, we look at each other, and we, we go to each other. She grabbed me, and you could just feel the love in the way that she was holding me. And and you know there was just no difference there. There was we were there for the same purpose, and it was just, I, it was just such a touching moment um, to just be part of that, and it was it was just amazing. I. I would love to tell you more stories about it, but I'm I can't I'm not good with the recalling the stories. I've got them in here, but mm-hmm. Larry can tell you. I can't tell very good with the stories. And, but <laughs> it was there was that just was a great story. <laughs> there was just so much love there. It was just unbelievable.
3: As I was driving there, I for one I had not planned on attending. <laughs> for one, I Caleb was on shift. Uh, I had hurt my foot the week before and I have three children. So I said, there's no way I am attempting that. <laughs> I was I was bummed about it, but it ended up where my mother-in-law had ended up taking the younger kids that night. And again, it was one of those, huh, well, you know, i have a nice Saturday that I can rest my foot and just clean the house and not worry about it. And I woke up that morning and God said, go. So I hurried up and put on my clothes, woke Lane up, said, put on your clothes, we're leaving. <laughs> and we were there by 10. Um, As I got off the exit to get into Stone Mountain which took (laughs) over 30 minutes just to get to the gate because so many cars were lined up you could begin to feel the Holy Spirit and as you got closer and closer and closer and we had to park all the way out I don't know how far we parked another county, and there was a <laughs> hill about like this.
0: But you took the shuttle so it was, oh I made it
3: all the way up to the hill in my boot, and then a shuttle drove by. I <laughs> said, so, man, I wish I'd known about that shuttle. <laughs> my watch was dead, so it didn't even count. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got
8: to the point where I would have to carry her up there the rest of the way.
3: <laughs> no, I, I did it. Yeah, I did it in my calves are awesome now <laughs> um, but as we continued walking more people started coming we were all walking together and it was so many races just walking into the place and um, one lady said oh, I can feel the Holy Spirit just moving now and I was like oh good it's not just me but once we got to the lawn and they were praying and <clears throat> you had the projection screen up, 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 up on the mountain. The washing of the Holy Spirit, just indescribable. Um, I told Caleb, you thought you felt the Holy Spirit at Emmaus. You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it was like entering the gates of heaven because you just were completely washed. And the whole day was like that. It didn't it didn't stop. Constantly praying, and you, wa- you looked out, and... Everybody was worshiping God in so many different ways. You had people with, with flags, you know, dancing with the flags. I had There was a woman with a ram's horn. <laughs> and I, I wish my phone hadn't been dead because there was this one part where it's close to, up to the stage and you had, you know, the younger generation all because they're up at the stage dancing and singing and praising God. And amongst all that, in the middle of the crowd... There was a young woman, and she was on her knees like this. And you saw all these people dancing, and her just stopping in the middle of it all, and just she had to get on her knees, and praise God, and I wish I would gotten a picture of it because it was just, it was beautiful. Um, we left about 5 o'clock, and as we're walking up another hill, there were just people lined up praying for each other. Didn't know each other, you know, different skin color, different uh, different denominations, just all just praying for each other because at that moment it didn't matter if you knew each other, it didn't matter anything. It was I love God, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit, I want you to feel it too. How can I pray for you? And then the whole uh, point that led us to praying over one another was we were on the lawn and so we're watching the broadcast up on the mountain and. Um, during the millennials, they were all praying, and the sound went out, mm-hmm. and so we couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and so um, that's when we just took it to ourselves. Someone went on stage and just said, you know what, we're not going to stop praying, um, you know, pray. And it, and it was a, a younger woman <clears throat> that would look different than me. Immediately, we grabbed each other. Um, I asked her her name, she asked me my name, and we just prayed over each other at that point and um that's the love of god that's what god wants this world to be like to be so encapped by the holy spirit that you don't that's all you see that's all you see you see another child of god and you want them to feel god's love just as much as you're feeling it at that moment
9: I think the moment where we prayed was also very powerful for me because um, I looked around and everyone was pairing up and uh, I kind of didn't see anyone at first and this man came up behind me and and grabbed me. And uh, normally I get really nervous around people that I don't know, but I just felt like we were family and not strangers. And we were family. Um, And it, it just... I felt this connection in a way that I I wasn't afraid and I just felt the Holy Spirit and that was all that mattered. I wasn't you know worried about how he was thinking of me or or anything like that. I was I was in the moment, especially thinking of how big those uh, crowds were, just feeling like family with everyone and feeling like I could just go up to anyone and talk to them or I could just uh, pray with anyone. And, uh, and we saw one woman, uh, healing this man's knee as we were just passing <laughs> by. And it, it was just, there's something really amazing about having that many people, um, gathered together and caring only about praising God and caring only about healing with each other and helping each other. And, um, it was just a, otherworldly experience something that I'm so glad we decided to get up a little early <laughs> and drive down there to walk up a bunch of hills to get to it was um, completely worth it
0: so uh, Elijah prayed for Patty but that's another story so um, so as you can see it was a very powerful day as towards the end the pastors we all uh, lined up in front of the, the fence there's a covenant that we're agreeing to as pastors and and what we're agreeing to is to stand against racism and against um, the principalities and powers that have ta- have long held sway in this in in this world of ours and um, there's over five hundred of us that, ha- that signed that covenant and that declaration and so we're going to work forward on that uh, after after the, the covenant signing part the next part of this was when we pray we prayed for the next generation and on the platform, you see so this is the group on the platform uh, praying for uh, a group of millennials that, that had come up as an example. But that wasn't really the end of it. There's 500 of us that then went out into the crowd and began to pray for any of those. They asked to raise their hand if you were uh, of that age group. And so we went and we prayed. And this, this is a young lady. His name is jo- Joelle. I for, prayed for several, several groups, and, and we all did that because uh, Caden hit, hit a nail on the head here is that some of us have been around for a long time, and, and we may not see the end of racism in our lifetime, but Caden's generation and, and the generations to come can absolutely see the end of racism in their lifetime. There will always be the wings, but the, the core of it can end, and it can end with y'all and we recognize that and we pray prayer is the critical component here and we're going to continue this this is believe it or not stone mountain was the kickoff this is the beginning of the one race movement I know that a lot's been going on in the background but really the pastor prayer groups that have formed we've got a The next year is uh, they're beginning the planning of what we're going to do with one race in the next year. The prayer groups are developing relationships among pastors. I talked to yeah, this is uh, Glenn Collier from New International Harvest Ministries, and we've talked about doing ministry together. They're in Buford, we're here, but we're going to join together and do uh, cross-racial, cross-cultural ministry. Um, That's Roosevelt and Rachel as well on the on the other side of us. Um, met them through one race. If one race didn't exist, I'd have never met them because the pastor prayer groups allowed me to, m- and is continuing to allow me to meet people like like Glenn and Rolando Gonzalez and and so many others, Johnson Bowie, I could, you know, there's just a lot of men and women that because of this movement, because of the heart of God is a kingdom heart, and he wants us to experience that here on earth, you're going to continue to see this movement go, um, the last thing and I know that we're late, but but I hope that that's okay. Is that okay with y'all that we're a little behind? Okay. Um, the last thing I want to want to share is um, has to do with this miracle piece. Uh, the <laughs> before praying for the millennials, a guy I think his name's John Perkins. He's 88 years old, and he's been in the, with the civil rights movement for back with MLK, and um, and he was talking towards the end before we got to pray for the millennials, and he was just overcome with what he was seeing, and, and he said I can't believe I get to see this in my lifetime I can't believe we're here I can't believe I get to see this in my lifetime and it clicked for me in that moment that we cannot let this die this can't be another hey way to go and then put, set it aside and that will require us to engage and to be a part of and mm-hmm. prayer is the catalyst spend some time with with 2nd Chronicles 714 because that is core passage it's a core passage. If we if we fulfill what that says, then we're going to see amazing things happen. I want to thank y'all for. If you obviously there's more. Uh,
8: um, it it was kind of neat for me because uh, my football coach talks a lot about brotherhood, and um, Friday night before the game, he uh, he always gives us a uh, devotion, and the devotion was today was. Really cool because he talked about how no matter what, what, how old we are, what race we are, we are still a brotherhood. And I didn't even, I didn't even get anything from that until, you know, I was laying in bed tonight and I was or last night and I just realized. I mean that connected to the Mm -hmm. uh, from Saturday, and um, after that. Uh, that we won. That was the first time we ever beat them at their home, 38-0. <laughs> um, but it, it was pretty amazing to see everybody there. A lot of people there. I didn't. I didn't think that there was going to be that many people there, and I just I, I was blown away by it. Um, and I I did not want to go. I woke up. My mom woke me up, and
0: <laughs>
8: I just th- thought, oh, "Man, I really don't want to go." And then I was there, and I was, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. <Well. laughs> so, if you want to hear more stories, I mean, gra- I mean, obviously, there's a lot that happened on that day, and it had four segments: the repentance. Reconciliation, justice, and it, it's amazing to unity. see God and unity, to sense yeah. God. Unity. Yeah, I probably shouldn't forget unity. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but if you'll stand, stand we're going to close with one song uh, and just phrase your heart out. Oh, amen.